Daniel chapter number 6 in your Bible. Daniel chapter number 6 in your Bible. What a, what a great midweek service attendance. God bless you all. For, God, God bless you for making church a priority throughout your week. Amen. God bless you for wanting to learn more about Him corporately this week. Daniel chapter number 6. Uh, it pleased Darius to set over, verse 1, the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. I want to talk to you on this subject, a spirit of excellence. A spirit of excellence. Lord Jesus, we love you and we bless you. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives. Lord, touch the children tonight. Touch the youth tonight. Touch us tonight. May your word inspire us and change us and grow us tonight. We'll bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I believe with all my heart I believe that the Bible is always right. And, and I believe that tonight's word is going to challenge all of us alike. It's going to challenge all of us. But I do believe if anyone would ever ask me what I believe the two or three things someone needs to be successful, not only for Jesus, but in life. I would have to talk to them about what I'm gonna to talk to you about tonight. A spirit of excellence. So it's gonna challenge, it's gonna cut at times. It's cut me all day. But I promise you when it's all said and done, I'm gonna sew you up. Yeah. We're going to walk out of here better than ever before. Amen. God desires for all of us to operate in a spirit of excellence. Yeah. Every single one of us. Yeah. Excellence is not perfection. Because yeah. there's no one perfect save Jesus. Yeah. Excellence is not perfection. It is the pursuit of giving God your very best. Excellence is not perfection. I can never be perfect. 
but I can be in a pursuit to want to give God my very best. To give God my very best when I'm at home. To give God my very best when I'm at my job. To give God my very best when I'm in His house. To serve God with my very best. It, it means I have a spirit of excellence about me. Excellence is not a gift God gives any of us. There's not certain people in this room that's got a gift to just give more or do more or give God their best. Instead, excellence is something all of us must choose to pursue. There's no one in this room that was born with just, I want to have things better than I had them or how that is. It's something we all choose. That I want what I have, I want it to be the very best. And I believe this generation, and when I say this generation, I mean everybody alive. This generation could learn a lot from previous generations. Especially when it comes to this subject. Let me say something that, that probably can apply to all of us. My grandpa died when I was 20 years old. From the time I was born till I was 20 years old, my grandpa had the same truck. And the same lawnmower. Yeah. And every time I got in his truck, it always looked the same. That thing looked brand new all the time. That thing looked the same when I was 20 as it did when I was four. <laughs> Come on, y'all don't, don't even about to know what I'm talking about right now. I, I used to ride there, ride a lawnmower with my grandma, that snapper riding lawnmower. Y'all don't know about that. <laughs> and that thing kept for 20-some years. I done had four lawnmowers in the last two. <laughs> There's something that the previous generation knew about when God has blessed me with something. I am to treat it with care and with excellence. Some of you wouldn't get so much in negative equity in your car if you just cleaned the one you got. Yeah. <laughs> All right, get back to God. I'm, I'm, that had nothing to do with my message. Sorry. Principles, I'm, getting, I'm going to go to Daniel, but I want you to hear me on, on a few things right off the bat. There's a few principles of excellence I wrote down that all of us need to have. And, 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 and some of this cut me, and some of this is going to cut you. But, but make, number one, make the original worth copying. And what, what do I mean by that? Do it right the first time. If you're going to do something, do it right the first time. You're wasting time, and you're wasting days, and you're wasting years. Just not being the best you can be right from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. Do it right first. Right. 
Whatever you do. If you're going to serve Jesus, serving right first. Just do it. Yeah. It's going to save you a lot of pain. <laughs> just giving your very best at the start. Invest in quality. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Amen. <laughs> We're in a generation that wants everything for cheap. Yeah. 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 Invest in quality. Yeah. You be quality. Yeah. Finish what you start. Amen. Gonna start it, finish it. You hearing? Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? That's a person of excellence. There's a lot of us that started a lot, but we haven't finished a lot. Finish it. Don't start something new until you finish what you already got going on. Yeah. With everything that you do, do it as unto the Lord. Do it. Like you're doing it to Jesus. Yeah. Colossians 3, verse number 23. Says, and whatever you do, it don't matter what you do. If you're working on a car, if you're cutting grass. Yeah. If you're coming to church, if you're praising God, if you're at home making the bed, it don't matter what you're doing. He didn't say. Only do this and not do this. He said, whatever you do, do it with your heart. Yeah. As unto the Lord yeah. and not to men. Yeah. 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 About a decade ago, I brought, our I brought my praise team into a meeting and told them, I'm disappointed in all of you. They looked at me because they thought they were doing pretty good. And I told him, I said, because you would be praising a whole lot better. And you would give, be given a whole lot more if you knew Jesus was sitting on the front row. Yeah. And you wasn't praising and worshiping to people, but you were actually doing it to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And what you don't know is he's here. Yeah. Whatever you do. Do it to God because He's there. He's there at your house. He's there on your job. He's there at the supermarket. He's here at church. So if you're going to do it, do it with everything you got like you're doing it for God. Give it your best. Amen. Let's see, what else I got here? Identify the average areas of your life. Because I cannot have excellence settling for mediocrity. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. And the one thing I told God today is this is the last day that the sanctuary ever will settle for mediocrity. Yeah. If, ain't, if it ain't the best, I don't want it. If it ain't the best people can do, we ain't gonna do it. 
good enough is not good enough for God. He deserves my best and your best. And we are, we are have gotten into a generation that everything is no big deal. It'll be all right. We can make it work. God deserves better than I can make it work. God deserves better than it's going to be all right. God deserves better than everything works out at the end. God deserves me to put everything I got into everything I do to make sure excellence is going to happen. Good preaching. Yes. I told you to cut a little bit. Release your faith through confessions of excellence. God, thank you for waking me up today. You deserve my best today. And in the name of Jesus, I'm going to give my best to you today, God. You don't deserve anything less. You deserve me to be the man I'm supposed to be to my family. You deserve me to be the woman I'm supposed to be to my family. You deserve me to be the Christian I'm supposed to be to the body of Christ. God, I confess you want me to be the minister that I can be to your people. When you start making declarations of faith, you will rise to the level of faith that you're willing to speak. But if you choose to try to lower God, you are going to be disappointed because God is not going to lower his standards for any of us. The enemy to excellence is average. Uh, The Bible says Daniel was preferred over everybody not because he looked good not because he had charisma not not because he knew how to articulate words properly Daniel was preferred over everybody watch this I'm about to mess you up not because he got along secretly and prayed not because he went on fast Not because he prays better than everybody. Not because he could preach. Daniel was preferred over everybody because Daniel had a spirit of excellence. And Daniel had a mindset that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with my heart. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to give it my very best. And God put Daniel in a position where Daniel would succeed in every aspect of his life. Because that's what an excellent spirit does. The Bible says in Daniel chapter number 1 verse number 8. But Daniel, watch what he did. Purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. Nor with wine which he drank, therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You see, the king had issued a statement 
saying that everyone was to eat his meat and his wine. And if they would do that, then it would be acceptable to the king. But Daniel wasn't interested in pleasing the king. Daniel was interested in pleasing God. So guess what he did with this spirit of excellence? He purposed in his heart that he would not lower his standards for anyone. Come on, I'm about to mess with you right now. Ooh, somebody's about to get it. I feel it tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel didn't pray the devil out. Yeah. Daniel just kept his standing. Yes. yes. Yeah. Maria, is this good? Yeah. Yeah. Daniel just kept his standards and said, I purposed in my heart. I'm giving God my very best. And I don't care what my neighbor is going to do. Let me tell you something. When you really want to do it, you find a way. And when you really don't want to do it, you find an excuse. That's right. That's right. That's right. Come on. Come on. That's right. So you got to ask yourself, do you want to please God? Yes. Then if you want to please God, then you give God your very best. Can't give him perfection because we're not perfect, but we can give him an attitude where we're striving to give him our very best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was late for work one day, and I worked for my dad. Mister Boots, I weren't good. <laughs> I'm late for work and I work for my dad. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, he wasn't paying me but $75 a week. Like, it wasn't like this was about to be, you know, I'm getting fired as a CEO of a Fortune 500 company here. I'm getting paid 75 bucks a week and I show up late for work. And I never will forget I walked in and tried to walk by quickly through by his office. And immediately, when he said, Jonathan, like you didn't call me John Boy, you didn't call me John, like like you you added that a thon to So I went and he said, why were you late? I said, well, well, I was late. And I started, you know, you know how it is. And I'll never forget, he looked across that desk from me, you know, and I was expecting, you know, and, and he looked across that desk and he said, shut up. <laughs> you know, and then pride starts kicking in, but then you remember, You'll beat me down right now. <laughs> and he said to me for the first time I ever heard it. I know people have said it before. If you want to do something, you find a way. Yeah. And when you don't, you find an excuse. And all you have done for the last five minutes is given me an excuse 
So get out and find another job. Because I want someone who's looking for a reason to serve God. Yeah. Not looking for an excuse to get out of it. And I begged him for the next two hours to keep the job. And that was the last time I was ever late. Yeah. He didn't lower his standard of excellence from me. He would have done me a disservice for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I want to tell all of you something. That's the problem with many of you. You keep on giving everybody so many excuses. And those people keep on lowering their standards for you. That you've got a right living an average life. But God has more for you than mediocrity and average. And God sent you here tonight for this preacher to tell you he's demanding a spirit of excellence from everyone. Good preaching. And it's nothing you can pray about, fast about. You've got to purpose in your heart. Yeah. Come hell or high water, God, I'm not dropping what you're, you have in my life. Yeah. I'm going to serve you with every fiber of my being. I'm going to preach you with every fiber of my being. If I tell you I love you, I'm not backing away from it. If I tell you I'm faithful, I'm going to be faithful. If I tell you I'm committed, I'm going to be committed. If I tell you that I'm going to serve you, I'm going to serve you. And nobody's got to beg me. Nobody's got to remind me. Nobody's got to encourage me. My word is my word. And my standard is my standard. And I refuse to drop it for anybody. And in verse number nine, watch what he said. Daniel purposed in his heart. Now God had brought Daniel into favor yeah. and tender love with the princes and eunuchs. Yeah. Verse eight, Daniel purposed in his heart. I'm giving God my best. And verse nine, not even a verse later, Daniel jumps right in to walk in faith. Yeah. You will never have the favor of God in your life not operating with the spirit of excellence. Yeah. Yeah. I just started this church. We have been meeting three months down the street at White Oak High School. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, I found this building on Henderson Drive beside my tie. And the church went over there. We liked the building, so we got it. And the problem is, we finally had a building, but that building was tore up. Carpet looked like it was from the 1940s. Paint looked like it hadn't been painted since the 1960s. And it looked like a whole lot of money. And we didn't have no chairs. Alright. So fast forward. We got the building. And one night, 
We were living down here in Hunter's Creek, me and my wife, and Savannah was a baby. And so we had made up our mind we were going to go grocery shopping. And it started raining. So we decided who's going to go shopping and who's going to watch the baby. So I said, I'll go shopping. And uh, just like any good man would. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I went shopping. And uh, pouring rain. And uh, walked out with the cart, bags, put everything in, got in the car, drove home. And I've been after this man in town coming to church for about two months. And uh, I knew he had a calling on his life. And so the next morning, he called me up on the phone. And he said, hey, I want to meet you at the new, your new building and look at it. So I was like, all right, so went over there. And uh, I took him around the whole place. And every time he'd walk in a room, he'd go, ooh, this thing's working. <laughs> ooh, this thing's working. And he said, I know you've been inviting me to your church, but I just feel a call of God and I don't, feel, I don't feel led to your ministry. I feel led to go into full-time ministry, and I don't feel led to go to your ministry. So I just wanted to come tell you one-on-one. And I thought to myself, man, you could have told me that on the phone. <laughs> like, man, why, why, why do you waste the last hour of my life? You know, you could have picked up the phone and said, hey, man, can't. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking. And so after he said that, I said, all right, you know, I understand. And he said, I saw you last night. And I said, uh, you did? He said, I saw you at Food Line. I said, you did? Why didn't you say nothing? He said, it was raining. <laughs> he said, me and my wife had been in my truck. And he said, we, we were waiting until the rain passed before we got out. And I said, oh, okay. He said, I'm going to tell you something. We sat there for 10 or 15 minutes and watching all these people come out the rain, putting bags in their cars, and then leaving the shopping cart right by the car. He said, and I got so angry because I was saying, they're just leaving these shopping carts to dinged up other cars out there. They don't care nothing about their soul self getting out of the rain. And then they're going to sit there and let some little 16, 17-year-old kid have to come out here in the rain and, and run all over this parking lot when they could have just taken 10 steps and put the car in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's what he said. He said, and I told my wife when I saw you walking in and then walking out with that car, he said, let's see what Pastor John does. <laughs> and he said, now watch you. As in the rain, you took that cart and put it back where it was supposed to go. And he said, and right then, 
when you did it, the Lord just spoke to me. He said, I'm going to put new carpet in the whole church. He said, I'm going to paint every wall in the entire church. And on top of all that, I'm going to give you the first $10,000 for new chairs. You ain't sure. Putting a shopping cart where it's supposed to go calls the church to be blessed. Twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars. You will never know who's watching you that's capable of blessing you. And when they're watching you, what do they see? they see a man or a woman who's given their best? Do they see someone giving their best at home, in church? Do they see someone giving their best on their job? Or are we giving an excuse to find a reason not to? And then we wonder while we're stuck in a mediocre life because the devil has deceived us that I can give mediocrity but expect God's best. And I am constantly in a cycle of disappointment because I give mediocrity and then wonder why excellence never shows up. Daniel 6, verse 3. Let me read it again. Daniel 6, verse 3. I just want to read it again. I, I don't have too much more for you. Then this Daniel was preferred above presidents, above princes, because an excellent spirit was in it. Daniel 5, verse 14, I'm skipping, I'm out of time. Daniel 5, verse 14. I have even heard of thee that the spirit of the gods is in you and the light of understanding and excellent wisdom is found in you. Watch this. When Daniel purposed in his heart to give God his best, God said, I'm going to give you that level of wisdom. Not only am I going to give you that level of favor, I'm going to give you that level of wisdom. Wisdom is being able to know when to make a decision and how to make it. God said, I'm going to give you that level of wisdom. 
the excellent wisdom, excellent favor, and all you did was decide, God, you are worthy. My bad. Let me bring it down to its lowest common denominator and we're going to pray. And then we're going to go home. And we're going to talk about church. Because it's a sad day when we now don't give God our best. Everything else gets excellent, but God doesn't. Right. God's work does not get our very best. We see a piece of trash. We think we're too good to pick it up and take it to the trash. We see a weed. We think we're too good to pick it up. It'll be all right. Let's find reasons. Let's find excuses. It's our time to serve. We've already given our word. We would do it. Let me find a reason why I can't tonight. Let me find a reason. Let me find an excuse why I can't do it tonight. Yeah. It all boils down to we have decided God is worth mediocrity. First Kings 10, and I'm just going to read it to you, and we're going to, I'm going to let you go. But I want you to pay attention to this. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, concerning the name of the Lord, she heard about Solomon because of God. She came to prove him with hard questions. See, she heard, Maria, she heard Solomon had excellent wisdom. So she said, I'm going to come to prove whether you got this excellent wisdom or not. And she came to Jerusalem with a great train, with camels that bear spices, with not just a little gold, but with very much gold. And with precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon. She communed with him. All that was in her heart. So she got everything off her chest. She needed to get off her chest. And Solomon told her all her questions. Because he had excellent wisdom. There was not anything hid from the king. Which he didn't tell her. And when the king. Watch this. Ooh, I'm about to say a thing. You got to get this. When the queen of Sheba saw all of Solomon's wisdom. Oh, now I'm going to go somewhere. You ain't ready for this. And the house he built. He wasn't talking about his home home. He was talking about the house 
he had built for God. He was talking about the temple. When she walked into church and saw the church that Solomon built for God. Watch this. And she saw the meat on his table. And the sitting of servants. She looked around and said, how are all these people sitting the same way? Looking the same way. And the attendance of his ministers. Everybody's so friendly. Everybody's so attentive. Everybody's looking to give their very best. And she looked at their apparel. What they were wearing. And she looked at his cupbearers. And the way he ascended by which he went to the house of the Lord. She watched how he went to God's house. You ain't hearing this. Watch this. That there was no spirit in her. Let me break it down into this day and time. When she looked at Solomon's wisdom, when she looked at the church Solomon went to, when she looked at the people serving in God's house, when she looked at how attentive that the people were serving in God's house, when she looked that there was everything in God's house excellent, when she saw what everybody was wearing, when she saw how everybody came, it took her breath away. When is the last time what you did for God take someone's breath away? When is the last time what you did for God, someone said, leave someone to do, go to that level? At our old church, we settled for it's good enough. We're tired. We got a lot going on. But for some reason, this place feels like God deserves their very best. And she said to the king, it was true, the true report that I heard in my own land. I'm living hundreds of miles away from you. And I heard the level of excellence you all have. And I said in my land, there ain't no way anybody's acting like that. But when I came here, everything that was told to me was true. Verse 7. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and my eyes saw it for myself. And behold, they didn't even tell me the half of it. It was better 
that I heard it would be. Everybody is happy. Happy are the servants. Those that are standing with you continually. Happy are everybody that hears your wisdom. Because when you purpose to give God your very best, joy comes in you. The joy of the Lord comes in you. When you purpose in your heart, I'm going to give God my very best. Blessed be the Lord your God which delighteth in you to set you. Watch this. God, watch what he told Solomon. Watch what she told Solomon now. I want you to hear this. you got to hear it. If you get it tonight, your life will never be the same. Blessed be the Lord your God, which delighteth in you, Solomon. He sent you on the throne of Israel. Here's why he sent you. Because the Lord loved Israel forever. So because he loved Israel, he made you the king. To do judgment and justice. And she gave the king. He's the richest man in the world. But when favor is on someone, and when excellence is on someone, she gave 120 talents of gold and spices, very great store and precious stones. There came no much such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to Saul. Watch what she said. God loved Israel. So because he loved Israel, he put you in charge of Israel. Because he knew the spirit you possess. He knew that he could put you in charge over it. And you would bring it excellence. He knew you would look at the details and say it matters how you sit in the presence of the king. He knew it mattered how the meat sat on table in the presence of the king. He knew that it mattered how people came and left the house of God. He paid attention to the details and God called it excellence. And God rewarded him. I don't wait to get God's best to give God my best. I give God my best. Knowing that when God trusts someone with a spirit of excellence, God promotes them.
Maria, it's crazy. Every time I've asked God to bless me, He showed me a vacuum. Every time I ask God to bless me, He showed me a weed that needs pulling. Every time I ask God to bless me, He put me in a situation where I had something to do. That I could give God 20 minutes and it'd be mediocre. Yeah. Or I could give him three hours and it'd be excellent. Yeah. And he put it before me and said, How bad do you want to be blessed? problem is, is I'm, if I'm asking God to bless me and I'm not seeing the vacuums and the places I can serve and the places that I can give him my best, then yeah. it's a proving fact. I'm not trying to have a spirit of excellence. Yeah. I've always wanted to find a new house when I got tired of cleaning my house. <laughs> always wanted. Whew. Can I just talk about it? Yeah, come on. I always thought about a new wife. At all the times I decided I didn't want to give mine the very best of me. thought about finding another church to preach at when I thought about I'm tired of giving my best here it's amazing that when I give my best here I'm happy when I give my best at home I'm happy when I give my best to my wife I'm happy there. When I give my best on my job, I love my job. And God blesses me with what I got. You don't need anything new. You need to give what God's already giving you your best. I find myself on that. I didn't know how far I was going to go, and I'm late. You good. But I do got to say this. And I, 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 and I know I, I pray my, the praise team now is spiritual enough because y'all know I have no idea y'all's praise team practice. 
But I did know when my wife was on the praise team. And there would be nights, Kyla, there would be nights that I would call my wife because we had it on a Monday night. I called my wife at 11.30 at night saying, where are you at? I got these three girls here. <laughs> and one of them's out of diapers. The next one I've already fed and don't want to go to bed, don't want to wake up for school the next day. And the other one's jumping off the bunk bed. And it's 11.30. Where are you at? And I'm not telling this was a once in a while thing. This was an every week thing. And she would say stuff like, well, we started, and we got that song. And then somebody would say, I don't think that's good enough. So then we would keep on until it became the very best we could do. And then when we started, and then before we knew it, it was 930. And then we had sang the same song for three hours. And then all of a sudden, here come the Holy Spirit in the place. And the minute we, and the minute, then we started crying. People at the altar. People weeping. People testifying. What time is it? 11.30? I thought it was probably, I didn't know it was this late. Yeah, it's that late. <laughs> You know why? Because they had a song and said, I ain't singing it until it's the very best. Yeah. And the minute they decided to give God their best, here comes God. Yeah. You don't take God long to show up in any of our lives. It just takes somebody to say, God, I'll stay as long as it takes to give you my best. Yes. I want to do it right the first time. Yes. There are people in your life right now just like the Queen of Sheba. She looked at the meat on his table Said, ain't no mediocre person putting meat like this on table. She looked at the napkins. Some of you will like this and I don't care. Mr. <laughs> Booth, you were here for this. Paula White came to our church, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And I took, me and my wife took her to the uh, Raleigh to the airport at the church. And as we were driving to Raleigh, I said to her, what in the world, what can you tell me I can do to improve the SOJ? And you know what she said to me? And the Holy Spirit just convicted me and went all over me today when I remember what she said to me. Maria and Jared, here's what she said. She said, when I walk in your office and the armor bearer took me in your office, the first thing I noticed was your tower. And your towel had your initials on it. 
and I said to myself in my in your office, is somebody gonna take that much pride in a tower? I know this has to be a great church.
are, I feel the anointing. When you already know what where you're slacking at, I knew where I, I was slacking at. We all know where we're slacking at. Come on, why don't we be honest and be specific with God and repent right there. God, with your giftings you've given me, I've given you mediocrity back. With your talents that you've given me, I've given you mediocrity back. I've given you it's good enough. It'll be all right. before he died, Dad, why don't you retire? You're a millionaire. Retire. Live in a be on the beach. Watch waves crash your whole life. I'll come over every day and make you coffee. And his comment was this to me. I didn't live my life for money. I lived my life to please God. Retire? How can I ever retire from the work of God? Here's what he told me. All I want to hear is when I get to heaven, Jesus say to me, Yes, I'm proud of you. With what I gave you, I'm proud of you. Someone said, Pastor John, why do you push Bible college so much? Here's why. Because on June the 19th, 2013, my daddy was behind his desk 
putting college books together when he took his last breath. <laughs>